Hello and welcome to In Lockdown With, a podcast where I, playwright Kieran Fitzgerald, chats to emerging, established and experienced artists in the fields of theatre, film, television, dance and drama, from Wales and beyond, to find out more about their careers and to see how they've been coping during the coronavirus pandemic. Expect laughs, gossip, and an insight into the careers of some of Wales's best-known creatives. If you enjoy this podcast, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you. Hello and welcome to right. this episode of In Lockdown with, with me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Today I'm joined by someone who I haven't seen in ages. We were in uni together on the BA scriptwriting course at the University of South Wales. It's uh, Liam Reese. Hi Liam, how's it going? Hello Kieran, it's really good to see you. Good to speak you to you again. Well. a long time. How has this last 18 months been for you? Uh, it's been, you know what, 2020 wasn't so bad. I kind of treated 2020 like a little bit of a holiday. I didn't get time off work, so I was still working, but the world just seemed quieter and it was just quite nice. Yeah. But 2021 so far, I think, has been worse for me personally in life and generally. So. It's, you know, it's just had its highs and it's had its lows, but overall, we're, get, we're getting back to a state of, of deafness, really, aren't we? Do you feel, are you feeling positive and confident about things getting back to normal or what they were before the pandemic? Yeah, I'm not ready for it now. There was a stage where things started opening up and the guidelines were sort of lessening and I was, I was a little, what's the word? apprehensive about it i wasn't too sure if it was the right time but now i feel ready to get back into life really it, it feels like we haven't had a chance to live yeah for a year and a i half. agree i agree completely like the last time i think we saw each other just before the pandemic hit and yeah yeah 18 months at the very beginning of yeah. 2020 yeah it was like January, February, and then everything shut down. But hopefully we can see people again and things are getting back to some sort of normal. Yeah, definitely. It would be nice to see, such as yourself and all the guys from uni again, because everyone's quite local now, so it would be nice yeah. to get back into the sort of scene with everyone. Hopefully soon. Have you been around? You've been busy. I've been good. I've been busy with this podcast and with writing. And um, being busy is going to help me I kind of get through it, like always having different projects and go different things to do. I've been, like, I've been lucky to be busy, I guess. Um, first thing I want to ask you is the first thing I ask everyone who comes on this podcast is how yeah. did you get interested in the arts and theatre and writing? I got in, well, it was sort of a long process of figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, I've never been very academic as a person. Um, I've always been drawn to creative outlets. So when I was 
a kid, I would always draw. That's the thing I would do, illustrate, draw pictures. And then as I got older, I would start sort of building things, like crafting little models mm. and uh, houses and sets and stuff like that. Uh, through school, I started to learn I like writing a lot, and I think that's sort of where I sort of started veering towards, um, which I think was a shock to everyone in my family, because the fact that I spent so many years drawing and um, having a passion for that, I think everyone's a little shocked that writing was where I ended up sort of moving to. Was um, it was there a period where you thought you wanted to be a visual artist? Yeah, career. there was. And I, I, when I think back, I don't know if it was because I wanted it or whether it was because everyone around me was sort of telling me I should. But it was definitely in my head for a long period of time where I thought, I'm going to be an artist, I'm going to draw, I'm going to paint, I'll do all of that. Because I used to uh, look into art schools and things like that and every Christmas a relative would buy me an art book or a sketchbook or a set of things. My childhood was dominated, I think, by that. So when I started falling in love a little bit with writing and literature and things, I think everyone was a little bit surprised because it was... It wasn't a gradual development, it was, it was just moving from pencil to pen and yeah, so it, it was it was quite sudden. Um, if I ask who sort of that myself and you were sort of working into, that came quite late, I think I was 17 at college. Again, I'm not an academic person, so while all my friends were going off to study business and law and what have you, I thought, you know what, I'm going to study media. I look at films and TV because that's what I enjoyed. <laughs> I didn't have a career in it. I wasn't really aspiring to a career in it. I just thought it'd be a cool thing to learn. Yeah. Didn't want to leave education, so I thought good way to store time. And then, yeah, I studied film, uh, all the different roles of production. You know, I did a bit of directing, a bit of producing, art direction, things like that. And um, it wasn't until we had a module, a script writing module with one of my old lecturers from college, Mark Ingram, that I realised I could put my passion for film and my love for writing together and do script writing. And what had you written before that? Was it like short stories and things like that? Yeah, I've written a lot of short stories. Um, as I said, I've always been drawn to sort of creative things. So I always had ideas of how to create a story, be it through a drawing or a model that I'd make. Um, or writing short stories. So I always had ideas for characters and stories and things like that. And I'd written a lot of short stories, but I just realised I was I was terrible at prose. Looking back, like I could write a paragraph that would sort of save itself, but the rest was just rubbish. And then script writing, I don't know. There was just there's something about script writing that you can combine prose while also having this sort of raw bluntness. Mm. I'll get across some really em emotive effects. So, yeah, script writing just screamed at me. And um, you then went on to study a BA in script writing. That's how we met. We were on the same course at the University of South Wales. Um, how did you decide to apply for the course, first of all? I, I didn't know it existed for a while because when I finished college, we were sort of, I don't know if it was the same to you, but I don't know if you wanted to go to university straight away or whether you were sort of driven towards it. But for us, we were told in our second year of college that 
we had to apply to university. Yeah. They didn't really give a choice. We were just told, right, write your first statements, apply to a course, get on with it. And for a long time, I, I wasn't sure, like I said, I wasn't really looking into a career afterwards. I just wanted to solve time before I had to go out into the big bad world and have a job. So university seemed like this really daunting prospect of I've got to commit to something if I do that. Um, but I applied, as was the sort of method we were forced into in that year of college. I wrote my personal statement and I found the course, Scriptwriting BA yeah. Honours. And I looked up and I thought, that sounds pretty cool. I think if anything, I do that. It'd be another couple of years to sort of stall and uh, <laughs> have a laugh. But again, I, I, won't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to commit to anything just yet. So I deferred for a year. And I'm really right. glad I did. Because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have met yourself and all yeah. the other people we went for. Well, you probably would, but we wouldn't have been as close and we wouldn't have worked together, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been the same, but I feel like a lot has benefited from us knowing each other because obviously mm. we do things together as, as me, yourself and Jake have done. Um, I'm hoping to do more of that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. And um, I think, yeah, just a lot a lot came out of it, I think, for me and you guys. I would have had if I had joined the first year because mm. obviously I met a lot of the guys who were in the other course and a lot of them great, great writers, lovely people, but... I don't think I would have fitted in quite as well as I did with our course at the time. So I feel like that was fate telling me, don't go this time, wait a bit, and then, you know, you make it from there. How do you feel you developed as a writer through the course? Terribly. <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely improved. I sometimes go back. One of my... One of the things I like to do is read all the scripts that I've written because it just highlights how much better I've gotten. Because I, I, I still think there's a lot I need to learn and a lot I need to improve on, as I'm sure you do and everyone else. Yeah. But there's definitely, especially with the, the help that we've had from the lecturers as well, um, shout out to Ian Staples for being massive inspiration as well during that time. The feedback that we got and the sort of guidance we had, it definitely helped me Especially when I look back to some of the scripts I wrote before going to university and then the scripts I've written towards my end university, you can definitely see it wasn't just words anymore, there was a story, there was characters. There was structure to it, I think. I feel exactly the same as you in terms of how my writing improved throughout the course. And the main thing for me was structure. We learned structure. And that made such a difference to my writing. Would you say the yeah. same? Yeah, structure, I think, is that, is that thing that you overlook as a writer. Yeah. You don't, you know it's there, but you're so distracted thinking about character and story and theme and things like this that you forget that structure is the fundamental part of writing a script or any story, really. Yes. Uh, and going into uni, we did so many classes on structure and I was just... At the very beginning, I wasn't thinking about it. I was blasé. I was thinking, no, but I, I got this cool character as well. I want to do yeah. this. I don't want to have to build up to this point. I want to I just go with it. But, yeah, structure is so important. And I definitely, definitely learned a lot more about it. Did you feel like reading the books that were given by Bob McKee and Agri and people like that and Into the Woods by John York, do you feel that they helped you? 
some of them did. Um, I read screenplay. Um, I had um, Bob McGee. I've had a few screenplay books, and I read quite a few. And I didn't read quite a few because I felt like a lot of the time I was being pushed into a certain, how do I say, a certain like a method. box almost. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, there's this sort of conception I think that a lot of industry professionals put out, especially when they're trying to sell books and trying to sell. Online classes and things. They try to make out that there's rules to mm. script writing, rules to all of this, and you've got to adhere to them all. You have to write in this certain way, you've achieved this, that, and the other. And I started realizing that that doesn't work for everyone, and I don't think it's really the right way to teach. So, a lot of the books I was reading, I felt like I was, yeah, like you said, being pushed into a box that didn't, mm. I didn't quite fit in. So, while I did learn quite a bit from what I did read, I also felt like it was hindering me in a lot of ways, so I had to put some books down and not even pick up some of them because I didn't want to be influenced in that in a way that yeah. I think was going to. Did you feel the same? Did you I, I I kind of did, like yeah. I could appreciate what these certain script writing gurus were saying, and yeah. I took a bit from them. But also, you've got to develop your own voice as a writer. You've got to develop your own style. You've got to write what you want to write about. If you're not doing that, I don't think you're doing it right. No. And I'm so I, I think there's a balance to be found there between, yes, listening to people who've got more experience than you and taking on those notes, but also staying true to your voice as a writer and writing what you want yeah. to write. Because at the end of the day, that's what I'm going to get at you Scriptwriting Festival, which was a platform to showcase our work with actors over three nights in Cardiff. Uh, yeah. What was the experience like of um, producing the festival? You were a contributing writer, of course, and a content producer for the Underdog Scriptwriting Festival. What was the experience like? Stressful. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, being both, as all of us, being sort of like the person who has to 
put the festival on and deal with all of the behind the scenes stuff and then also write content to fill up the show it was definitely a lot i think for us all to be dealing with during our last year of university We've got so much going on in your third year that yeah. you can't be straight and when that came up i was really sort of stressed out there was a period where i think there was a lot of stress thinking because myself and you used uh chasing rainbows didn't you that yeah, was your final piece wasn't it so you you had a final piece that you wrote but you decided to showcase another piece that you were working on. How did That's you come, how did you come to make that decision? It was a mixture of um, falling out of love with what I was writing as my final piece, which was heartbreaking as a writer because you can grow so panic about what you're doing and then just fall out of love with it. It's devastating, really. And I think that came... As I said, you've got to have your own voice and you've got to have your own personality that you inject into what you're writing. And when it came to my final piece in uni, um, the, the feedback that I was getting wasn't necessarily bad feedback, it was good feedback, but I felt as though rather than being left alone to write what I wanted to write and create what I wanted to create, I was being told, no, you can't do that, you have to do this instead. And not in terms of structure or anything like that, in terms of just the content I wanted to create in that script, I was sort of being told I shouldn't do it, and I wasn't being given... Constructive feedback. Yeah, yeah. It was almost, I want to write this, and I was being told, well, you can't write that because of budget. And I'm thinking, well, at the moment it's just a script. Why should yeah. I... You know, this is just a final piece for university that I'm very passionate about. It's something that I sort of worked on outside of university during the three years. I decided to make it my final piece because I thought that would be the optimal opportunity to enhance that script. And all of a sudden it was being turned into something that wasn't even mine. I felt like I didn't have ownership over it at the end. Um, right. the, the fundamental things that were the same were just character names, but setting had changed story had changed, um, time period had changed, I set it during the 60s and it was, I've been forced to bring it up to the modern day and it just, it just, I was falling out of love with it completely, so when it came to show it, um, I had the sort of, I was sort of embarrassed almost to have to put that on display, if anything, because I wasn't happy with it, I got a good grade, but I, I wasn't yeah. happy to show it as my work because it wasn't something that I was in love with anymore um, but luckily for me in the meantime while all of that was going on I found a script that I was writing and I'm still writing because it's a hard script for me at the moment but um, which I'm convinced by the way is a play it's a play it's not a TV script it's a, it's yeah. a play I've told you this many times you need to write it as a play it's yeah. a play man it is a play, to be fair. Actually, I, yeah, I'm saying it is a play. It is a play. It started off as a screenplay, and it's it's better suited to be a play. And I, I thank your guidance for making me see that, because it's definitely helped you know, move it in the right direction. But, um, yeah, I was just lucky I had that idea at the time, because I think if I would put on my final piece that I was writing in uni, I, I don't think I would have walked away, not only with... <laughs> in the feedback that I 
had from the showcase. And I don't think I would have been very proud standing up there on that night in front of an audience telling people this is where I've written, mm. this is where I've done for the last yeah. four months. I don't think I would have been that. Um, and what I did end up putting on was a lot better than my and I was a lot more happy with it, I was proud of it. And I made some good contacts mm. out of it in the end of it. So, yeah, but that whole process was quite... Recording in progress. Sorry. Recording stopped. That was my fault. Really know that. Carry on. Um, yeah, I just think that what I wrote in the end was a little more me, something I could be proud of. And I look back at it fondly. Um, had I gone with the final piece I was writing as part of my uni course, I don't think that would have been such a fond memory, no. a fond way to end my time at uni. uni. So I'm, I'm glad I changed my mind. Um, what what sort of, what sort of platform did the festival give you, and, and how did it benefit you as a writer, the Underdog Scriptwriting Festival? Benefited me in a lot of ways because it, it sort of um, made it to see people's when you're a scriptwriter, you don't really know how people are going to respond to what you've written until after it's written, and a lot of the time, as a script, you're writing scripts that's the portfolio or just for yourself sometimes and you don't always get to, sometimes you even hand it over to someone else and they make of it what they want yeah. to create and you, you don't see what it could become so with this festival writing the script and then getting actors to perform it in front of you uh, and then seeing an audience's reaction to it I think it really highlights the something they call the magic of it all because yeah. you really get to see the effect it has and that you have managed to accomplish something and I think that's really exciting I'm sure it was the same for you because mm. your, your night went wonderful after that. oh really definitely, great. I was really happy with how it went and then it gave me the confidence to yeah. send it off to Ponte I had sent it and then after that I got the R&D and you know I'm still working on it now these things take years but like it gave me the confidence to take it further that you know yeah. I can do this I can be a writer you know yeah and then graduating from uni like what was that like for you trying to break into the industry especially because of the pandemic which came along after we graduated pretty much it's one of those things of going uni when you first start university you don't think about because it's mm. so far away and then before you know it it's been five minutes and you've got a cap and gown on and you're mm. collecting your diploma from the front of the hall and you're saying five three years of your life it's really weird and I was quite um, I was quite scared because I thought uni gave me enough guidance to feel like I was you know, I was writing all the time, I was constantly developing ideas, I was reading scripts both, um, you know, professionally, I was actively looking for scripts to read, I was reading yourself and the other people in the course, I was reading everyone's scripts and giving feedback, I felt actively engaged within that sort of world, and then graduating uni, I was kind of scared to walk away from it, because I thought, well, I'm not going to be surrounded by it anymore, is it going to be something that will still be as presence afterwards 
Yeah. So I was scared for that. Obviously, myself, you and Jake got involved with something which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, and that yes. sort of sparked that energy again, and I was really excited to keep going with it. And I think oh, if it wasn't for that, we would be like it again. I think we really we've got the ball a bit because of the yeah. pandemic. But I would yeah. really love to start having those conversations again. Oh, um, yeah, 100%. And, and if you both say the same, I would love to continue with Underdog, which is what we've tried to start. But, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can find a way of carrying on with that. Um, yeah. And in terms of getting those opportunities, have you found that challenging of finding the opportunities to write and be paid to write? I think um, to be paid to write, yeah, still something that is a bit of a challenge. Um, in terms of finding opportunity, I don't think so. Like at the moment, um, I've just got done writing a short film uh, that's already been produced and it's out there in the world and it's in competitions. And at the moment, I'm, I'm planning on producing my own my own film, which I'm currently writing. I was writing before yes. that talk. So, you know, there's always that, um, there's always something on the horizon, there's something to be done. But I think getting the opportunity to be paid to be a writer is something that people struggle with, mm. regardless of where you are within the industry, whether you're, you know, at a professional standard or not. I think everyone reaches that point of difficulty, and it's, it's definitely clear, especially with the pandemic, with the creative industry sort of having budget cuts and sort of falling off the map a little bit here and there. Definitely been harder. Yeah, and you seem to be selling at winding at the moment. You're doing me well. Uh, it's really busy to be honest with it, and I'm loving it. But we're here to talk about you. This uh, isn't about me. Um, I want you to talk about your process a little bit. My writing process. Yeah. Oof. Um, it's one exists. That's the thing, does it change depending on what you're working on? Yeah, a bit. It never used to, but I think in the past two years it definitely has. Um, I don't know what you tend to do, but I tend to like to lock myself up in my little world where I can surround myself by the story I'm creating. Um, because I feel like if I'm immersed in it and I feel mm. like I'm present within it, I can it will flow. It'll just keep going. Whereas if I feel like I'm sitting at the desk and I'm just having to write a script, I don't feel uh, sort of like close to the content. I feel like I struggle then to write. My process tends to be chucking in some headphones, creating a playlist relevant to what I'm writing um, with songs from whatever era. Yeah. Writing it in songs that I might consider to be um, relevant to the story or the theme of a tone, even the tone helps a lot. So yeah, just chuck headphones in, blank out the world around you and just submerge yourself in the story. That's that's the best way I find to write. Do, do you tend to start with character or plot? Um, it varies. Mm. I think primarily it tends to be character or I just, yeah. Sometimes I will be by myself. I'll, I don't know, sit 
doing one thing or sitting by myself at home in a cup of tea and I do this thing. I'm sure we, we all used to do it when we were kids. We would play, we would role play as our favourite action heroes or favourite yeah. characters from whatever we're watching and we would pretend to be them and we would create our own stories. And even to this day, I could be sitting by myself and I'll just come up with a line of dialogue in my head and then I'll start having a conversation with myself as two different characters. And it will have no relevance to anything. It'll just be spur of the moment where I'll think of a cool line or a cool word or a cool character to come up with. And suddenly I think I've got an entire scene. And then I will suddenly this idea will just present itself from one line. You like. Yeah, exactly. And I think the script I'm writing at the moment, that's how that occurred. Um, other times I could be listening to a particular song, walking to work or out for a walk. And a song will come on that I've never heard before, but suddenly I can just picture this entire scene occurring around this song, and that's how they sort of develop. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of different things, mm. a lot of different ways. And um, in terms of redrafting, do you get notes from people, or can you do first draft and then jump into a second draft? without hearing anyone else's voice. Does your girlfriend Brooke read your work? She does, she reads my work. She, she's very, she's actually one of the most reliable people I can rely on to give, because she is so detached from the writing process, and I think as a writer you can get so immersed with it that you become blind to the potential you could have. You start seeing problems and you can't find a way out of them, yeah. and it takes exterior perspective to get in there and figure it out. Brooke about a lot. She's a reader, she loves reading books. She's I'm surrounded by about a thousand books <laughs> right now. And she she's read them all. So she knows literature, she knows stories, she knows character. Wow. And then I give her a script and I say, look, I'm I'm struggling with that. She knows exactly how to pull me out of that hole and get me back on track. So it's definitely helpful having yourself as well, like you around me, because I know I can rely on you if, if you're ever free to read the script or a couple of pages. Um, yeah, I, re- I need to read more of your work. Um, I've been, I haven't read as much of your stuff as maybe I should have recently. Yeah, you've been, you've been surrounded by a plethora of your own writing, so that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you at the moment, man. I like your short film. Faded, which was directed by R.D. Fikishner, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, with other contributions from Ian Staples, was yeah. a semi-finalist of the Euro-Asia International Film Festival in Moscow. Tell me a bit about what the film was about first. The film, it stemmed from just a little concept. Um, I... States um, got contact with me one day um, out of the blue, and I think it was a year after we graduated, something like that. So it had been a long time of not really speaking to lecturers, and he just emailed me out of the blue and asked me to get on a call with me. And I said, Yeah, yeah. So we did that, and he told me that he had a director um, who was doing his masters, and he needed, well, he wanted to create the film, and he had a concept, but he wasn't sure what to make of the story. He he wasn't yes. a writer essentially and uh, he needed someone to kind of pen the script and Stapes thought of me, which was very kind, and got in touch and put me through with a deep 
um, and we discussed over a call what what he was thinking and all he had in mind was that it was obviously it was filmed during the pandemic so it was difficult in itself to have to produce because what can you do when you can't get people within two meters of each other uh, yeah. flat spaces so there was a lot anyway but all he knew is he wanted a father and a son um with a sort of unsteady relationship almost they maybe they weren't completely loving each other maybe there was something a rift between them he yeah. just knew there was father and, son, and there was an obstacle between them and to sort of generate something from that so i went away and i sort of came up with an idea that the dad would have to break news to his son perhaps um mm. you know they have maybe in a, in a little while or maybe they don't have the best relationship and now the son has to has to go to him and, and tell him something terrible and as i was going through these ideas i came up with well something that i haven't experienced personally but i've been present with um brooke and her life and and family members who dementia and how it affects people so much and this idea came to me that what if the dad had dementia or alzheimer's and he's steadily declining and the son now has to tell him he has to stay in a in yeah. a home in a care home permanently and i thought that was a sort of deep enough subject matter that would be interesting to explore and it would make for a nice little story uh, so i went to a deep with that and he loved it so mm. he said, like, get a get a script drafted up, and we'll see what we'll do. So I did that, and uh, States was massive help. We we'd call with him, and he would sort of give his feedback. It was weird working with States. There's not a lecture. It was hard to get out of that structure of lecture student, you know. Was he like a script editor on project? Sorry, he was assisting a deep more than myself. I had more. Into- in the entire process, so uh, Sage was more of a, um, I was kind of updating him on the progress that we were making, yeah. um, filling him in on how the production was going and how we were communicating and things like that, um, so it was, yeah, it was less Sage sort of uh, instructing me and helping me, more of a sort of communication between the whole process of the script writing, um, and like I said, yeah, it was just, it was weird speaking to him on an equal level rather than looking to him for yeah. guidance and instruction it was, it was really strange what was uh, it, it was, what was it like actually making it on zoom at the height of the pandemic yeah and it's like working full-time during the pandemic as well trying mm. to stay active as a writer was a very difficult thing and when you have to come up with this story and it isn't just your story you can't devote your own time to it and think oh you know i'm not going to write today i'll, I'll write yeah. tomorrow you have deadlines uh, and someone is relying on a script to be handed to them on this date at this time so they can make their arrangements that was both a daunting prospect at the time but also one that i think i needed i think if it wasn't for writing that short film during the pandemic i wouldn't have done much during the pandemic but trying to balance the work life and then writing afterwards in itself while communicating over Zoom, it was a strange dynamic to have. Mm. But it worked, it worked quite well, I think. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. 
do you feel that you can work productively over Zoom? Or do you need to be in a room with people? I think it takes away that sort of... I'm, I'm a socially awkward person at the best of times. I, I get anxiety when I have to confront people face-to-face about certain things. Whereas over Zoom, it sort of puts a, it puts a sort of divide between you where you feel like you're still in your comfort zone and you can discuss all your ideas candidly and be honest about things and not have to worry about the reaction you're going to get. So working over Zoom, yeah, it was, it was quite nice. It felt a little bit freeing. Good. Yes, and um, it was the semi-finalist at the Eurasia International Film Festival in Moscow. How was that? Like, did that feel like a big achievement for you? Well, yeah, I didn't even realise it had happened <laughs> straight away. It was, um, I think, posted something online, uh, sort of like thanking everyone who was involved, and he had a great production crew as well because the film was made very well. Um, so everyone involved did a tremendous job, and I think after the and made it, uh, as the writer, as you probably know, you kind of step away then because it's no longer yours. It's gone off and it's turned into whatever they need to make it. So the process, I was obviously as well during COVID, I wasn't able to go to set and see it all come to life. So right. I sort of stepped away from it. Um, let it run its course. So finding out that it was entered in this competition and um, did as well as it has, I'm not sure where it stands at the moment. I don't know the current status, but to know it got to where it did get is, for me, sort of like a massive, uh, I don't even know what the word would be. It's really encouraging, I think, to know that something I wrote could actually Mm. achieve that. Um, Yeah, definitely. To know that with the right team, with the deep directing and everyone he had on the production group, to know that with the right team you can actually create something that people will respond to and enjoy. The feedback I've had generally is just, yeah, it's definitely nice to see your work put to life, really. And um, has that given you the confidence to do more of that stuff? It has, yeah. Me and Nadeep, we're um, still about he, He's gone back to India, right. uh, but he's still looking to make films. He, I, I think he appreciated me as a writer, and I definitely appreciate him as a director, that I think we'd like to continue some kind of work relationship in the future, creating these things. The only difficulty is, um, I think it's just time. Yes. Availability of this, but he's he's asked if I'll help him with future projects, which I'm in the process of trying to do. But at the moment, I'm also trying to focus on possibly producing my own work as yeah. well, um, especially with COVID. Sort of, there's a lot of things opening up now. I think it, it leaves a lot mm. of space to be able to more in that area. So I am looking to sort of focus a little bit on what I can achieve independently, I guess. And you're also a very talented graphic designer. So, like, you said earlier about wanting to be a visual artist. You still kind of are, because that's a big part of your work as well, isn't it? Yeah, I understand. I, um, yeah, the graphic art side was sort of 
a hobby, really. It was while I learned that writing was a career that I'd like to work towards. Graphic designing became just that creative outlet on the side that I would, if I needed a breather from writing, if I needed to take my mind away from it, you know, not to let writing get stale, I would move on to graphic design and sort of create, I don't know, movie posters or um, anything really. Just enjoy doing it. It was a fun process that allowed me to switch off and just relax. But obviously, when it came to script, uh, the, the underdog script writing festival became a bit more of an integral part because I was the art director. Really. I helped create the brochure and things like that. So it, it took off as being more than a hobby at the end of the day. And what kind of styles are you influenced by? What? Styles do you enjoy? I think Stuart Manning is he, he's an art director. Well, he's an art director. He's a graphic designer who's designed. I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. I'm going to point that out. And Stuart Manning has designed a lot of Doctor Who posters in the past. And he had this sort of unique, minimalistic style where he, it wasn't necessarily just dropping a character on the page. It was actually looking at how he could creatively convey the concept of a story through minimal designs and that alone just fascinates me and I think that's sort of where I take my main inspiration but then you've got people like Sol Bass who um yes I know Sol Bass yeah he's really amazing and he works so closely with Hitchcock and you see some of the Hitchcock opening titles where Sol Bass designed them and that alone tells a story and I think it's just yeah, those two, I think, paired were massive inspirations mm. for me. Look at my work, that's, I think those are the people sort of like to see coming off the page. They definitely were a huge inspiration to tell a story through as minimal design as possible while still conveying theme, character, tone. Mm. That was it's a challenge that I enjoy and like to try and attempt often. It's interesting how effective minimalism can be as well. Like when it's done well. You know As we learn diversity, less is more. Definitely. When it comes to script writing and graphic design, yeah. Yeah. And you've you've written articles for Doctor Who T V. Um do you have any aspirations in terms of journalistic writing around um, the film and TV industry? I, I don't know. I think at the time when I used to write those articles, um, it was more out of my sort of passion for those shows and passion for things that I was interested in. And being able to talk about yeah. them was being involved in a way to get involved in a conversation with the community. Yeah. Um, there, there was definitely a period, I think, where the idea of journalism crossed my mind. I think that came somewhere in between learning I loved writing and learning I loved script writing. Mm-hmm. It was sort of within there. There was a little sliver of, of an idea that I could go into journalism. But <laughs> journalism, I don't know, man. I think there's something about that that involves you you know, selling your soul a little bit. It depends what you're writing about, though, doesn't it? If you were a, a film yeah. journalist, you could just write about films. Yeah, 
That is true. I've written some beautiful films as well. Um, you know, I was teenage me sitting in the in my dark room, <laughs> thinking I, I had something to say. But yeah, it, it was definitely something I looked into. And obviously, for the fact I've written up thoughts alone, um, suggested it was something I was interested in. But I, I don't know. Looking back, I think just, like I said, being involved in a conversation really was what I was interested in achieving with that. So the last thing I wanted to ask you, Liam, was what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the industry? I would say whenever you encounter uh, an obstacle or something difficult that makes you think twice about whether your dream is possible, straight up ignore it because you can achieve whatever you want as long as you move towards it and go for it. If it's something you enjoy, just don't stop. Because the second you stop, then any chance at any point in your life that you have of achieving it is cut dead. So just mm. just do it. You're going to face challenges throughout your life in everything that you do. And it's the way that you overcome them that helps at the end of the day. So, yeah. I, I guess sometimes people are put off by parents saying, oh, it's hard, yeah. you're going to be freelance. There's not much money in it. It's hard work. But it's acknowledging that those barriers exist. Mm -hmm. But also not overly thinking about them, I guess. Like I said, there's always challenges in life. No matter what you do, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, you're always going to struggle somewhere along the line. And if you're chasing after something that you're really passionate about, that you're good at and that you love to do, nothing should really be too much of possible to stand in the way of you. Thank you, Liam. It's been fun talking to you. Thanks for coming on. It's been lovely on the catch-up. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again soon and it's in person. We'll have to have a drink. Hopefully in person. Next up. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for this episode of In Lockdown With. But on the next episode, I will be interviewing Lorne Campbell, who is the Artistic Director of National Theatre Wales. Uh, it proves to be quite a special episode. I'm quite nervous about it, actually. Um, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. But for now, it's bye-bye from me. There's the boy from Liam. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, thanks for having me. Anytime, mate. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Lockdown With. The podcast is written, produced and curated by me, Kieran Fitzgerald. Thank you to all my guests for taking the time to appear on the show. If you enjoyed this episode of In Lockdown With, please consider liking or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another interview.